What's up, everyone? This is Brother Isaiah Hosker. I'm the youth pastor at Christ Center Church. And it is that time of the year where we raise money for She's for Christ. And for those of you who may not know, She's for Christ is a ministry that is geared towards raising funds for missionaries to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. So how does your money help missionaries? Well, missionaries need money to eat, lodge, and to travel. Your money will go towards those three things and many more. So let's do this. Let's have a virtual walk competition hosted by CCC Youth Department. If you cannot make the real-time race, no problem. We will allow you two days from September the 14th until September the 15th at 6 p.m. to do your virtual walk and stay.
morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a round of applause this morning. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's just thank the Lord for being so good to us this morning. Thank Him for something good that He has done in your life. Amen. He woke us up this morning. He placed us in our right mind. We're able to breathe this morning. He gave us strength to nobody, so we have a lot to give Him thanks for. Amen. Amen. Good morning and praise the Lord to everybody. We thank you for joining us this morning at Christ Center Church. So glad to have everyone in the sanctuary this morning that are praising God with us. Amen. Indeed, it's a beautiful day. I, I, I always like this phrase. Whenever you're in the house of God, it's just a beautiful day to be in His presence. Amen. Amen. Our online viewers, it's a beautiful day, and I'm so glad that you're joining us this morning. I pray God will bless you this morning and touch your hearts and minds this morning, that whatever your desires are, the Lord will fulfill it this morning. Amen. We're going to invite you all, if you could pray with us this morning, that the Lord will have His way in the service. The Lord will bless the service, and that they will continue to bless the man of God of his bring forth the word. I'm sorry if you can stand with us. We're going to invite you to stand with us as we pray and ask the Lord's will to be done. Amen. Praise God. Pray with us. Father God, we love you, Lord God. We come before your president one more time, O oh God, to lift up holy hands and to call upon your name. We praise you because you're worthy. We praise you because you're great. Lord God, we praise you because you have done so many good things for us, oh God. Things so undeserved, oh God. Oh God, you die for us so that we can have life and have it more abundantly, Lord God. As we gather in your presence this morning to glorify your name, to worship your name, to magnify your name, and to call upon your name this morning. Lord God, we ask you to forgive us for every sins, O oh God, and that you'll cleanse us within, O oh God. For the God, as we worship you, Lord God, this morning, we worship you in the beauty of holiness because you're worthy to be praised, O oh God. For the God, as we magnify your name this morning, as we glorify your name, O oh God, this morning, we ask you, Lord God, that you'll move upon us individually, and collectively, Lord God, touch us like never before, O oh God. Those that are sick in their body, heal them and help them to be whole, O oh God. Those that are watching via internet, Lord God, today, I pray, Lord God, that whatever their hearts, their minds, or their needs are this morning, O oh God, we are serving a God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which we ask or think. And Father God, as we commit this service into your hand this morning, O oh God, we ask you to touch our praise singers. O oh God, bless our other vigil. Oh God, a man of God, oh God, our musicians, oh God. I pray, Lord God, for those that are involved in the service this morning. I pray, oh God, that you continue to sustain us and keep us, oh God, and that the will of God will be done in our life, oh God. Help us, oh God, because we know at the end of the day, you're going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have kept the faith. You have stayed in the race. Oh God, help us, Lord God, to look to you from whence come at all our help, oh God, as we give you all of glory. And oh God, as we give you all the honor this morning, oh God, we ask that the power of God will take us to higher heights and deeper depths in you, Lord God, so we can worship you in the beauty of holiness, so we can worship you in spirit and in truth, because you seek it such to worship you, Lord God. Have your way among us, oh God. Speak to our hearts, oh God. Speak to our minds. And our Father God, as we pray for the man of God this morning, we pray that the 
anointing of God will continue to flow, oh God, from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. Use him like never before. Sustain him, oh God. Restore unto him, oh God, the strength, oh God, that he need in this hour, Lord God. Oh God, we commit everything in your hand this morning. We love you. We praise you and we magnify your name. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Come on, give the Lord a round of applause all over the sanctuary this morning. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, thank you. We're here to bless Jesus' name. Everybody clap your hands. Hallelujah.
breakthrough is coming by faith. I see a miracle. My God made me a promise and it won't stop now. I know breakthrough is coming by faith. I see a miracle. My God made me a promise and it won't stop
Just give the Lord some praise and some worship. We exhort your name this morning, Jesus. We know there is no one like you, Jesus. You deserve all the glory and all the honor and all the praise, Jesus, for all that you've done, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Say the Lord is the Lord is my shepherd. Hallelujah, Jesus. Say he goes, he goes before me. Defender behind me. Say I won't fear. I won't fear. Filled with anointing. Filled with anointing. Mm. Ah. My cup's overflowing. No weapon can harm me. Say, I won't. Fresh. 
walk in your Somebody declare that this morning. Your spirit lives within. Say my victory. My victory. My victory. My victory. Say your spirit. Your spirit lives within. So I will walk so in. So I will walk in your Say your spirit. Your spirit lives within. My victory. My victory. My victory. My victory. Your spirit. Your spirit lives you're not alone. If you know that you're not alone this morning, he never leaves our sight. I worship you, Jesus. I thank you for that, Jesus. You've been so good, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you, Jesus. Song in the night, say Jesus, Jesus. 
Christ before me, Christ behind me, your love and kindness has never failed me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, thank you Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, just give the Lord a round of applause this morning. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, praise singers. Amen. We're serving an awesome God. Amen. His name is Jesus and he's worthy to be praised. There is none like him. There is none to compare. And I'm so glad that I'm a part of this great family of God. I'm so glad that you're joining us this morning. I'm so glad that you're a part of our worship this morning. I pray God will continue to bless you this morning. Amen. And everybody say, it's offering time. Uh, Sound a little weak. Let's try that one more time. It's offering time. With a smile. You know, um, a few days ago, actually it was a couple days ago, give you a short story. I went to a little bank down in my area. So it is the first time I drove by there all the time, but I didn't realize they have, um, they are seeing the drive through, but I didn't know they have like a little storefront. So I walk in there, the manager came to me and said, you know, we only lim- uh, allow a limited amount of folks. We only have one teller inside. So I said, no problem, I'll wait on the outside. So there, there was a conversation going on between myself and uh, the, the manager. So while in the conversation, she was saying, um, you can be seated for a few seconds. <laughs> Amen. So while we were having the conversation, she said, I can give you a million dollars. I said, you know, by the way, our, our church needs $1.7 million. You know, and she, well, she said, you're going to have to come up with a 700, you know. So, so right there and then, and, and no, no joke, no kidding. So I said, I'm going to hold you to that. And there's a witness over there that heard you say that. <laughs> so I'm going to go back to visit her and said, you know, I came back because of your promise to us. You know, so if there's someone out there who want to bless us this morning with $1.7 million or whatever the Lord have in store, if you want to give more, we'll take it. You know, you're going to be a part of what God have in store for us. This is not for us. This is for you. This is for our community and this is for our family. Amen. So give a good offering. You know, whatever the Lord, you know, bless you with, you know, it's what we have to give back to the Lord. You know, and you know, we, we, we give in this, you know, it's not going in the man's packing and I can, you know, sure and testify to that you know i mean is there as the man of god because god planned me to be an overseer for our congregation but you know support the work of god whatever god have you know is doing and whatever we're doing in this hour we want you to be a part of it we don't want you to get left behind you know we have people travel from all over the place you know, the sharps been traveling from Philadelphia, coming over. And, you know, I pray God continue to strengthen you guys and bless you and keep you. And there are many other folks. Good to see Sister Cheryl here. Amen. In the house of God. But God's been good to all of us. Amen. Amen. So we're going to invite you at this time to stand with us. We're going to receive this morning's offering. If you need a handful up, just wave your hand. The usher will be glad to give you a handful up if you need one. Amen. Praise God. We're going to ask you to bow your heads with us. Amen. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for the worship this morning. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your love, oh God. We're so glad that you've been so good to us, oh God. And Father God, as we're about to receive this morning's offering, we ask your blessing upon every giver, Lord God. If there is someone, Lord God, that is among us, 
oh God, that are watching us via internet, Lord God, that want to bless us with 1.7 million, oh God, for us to acquire this facility, Lord God. We ask that your will will be done, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, help us not to get into a place where it's going to be a strain to us, oh God, but where we can give you glory and where we can give you honor, Lord God. Oh God, we want our family to be blessed. We want our community to be blessed, oh God. We want everyone that will come in contact to be blessed, oh God. We ask you, Lord God, that you will continue to bless us and pour out your spirit upon us, oh God, as we give you all the glory and all the honor in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. In Jesus' name, Amen.
Listen, this man of God is so awesome on the trumpet. It's one of those things where if I'm Ethan or I'm Josiah, well, Ethan more or less, I'll just say, I won't try to be better than him. You know something? You know something? You just know they're just the best at it. They're, they're just the best at it. <laughs> so Ethan, you know, keep playing. I'm not going to discourage you. Keep playing. But you just got to put that one in your mind. Say, That's just, just he's got that. Man can blow. You hear me? It's one of those things. Just leave it alone. Say, we missed Josiah this morning. But, but his daddy did everything he could to make us not remember him. <laughs> My goodness, you blew that trumpet. This both both services, he killed it, killed it, destroyed it. My goodness, Joe, we missed you, but your daddy did everything to make us not miss you. Amen. Do we have a video we need to show this morning? We have a video. All right, we're going to show you a video, and then we'll get into the word of the Lord. What's up, everyone? This is Brother Isaiah Hosker. I'm the youth pastor at Christ Center Church. And it is that time of the year we raise money for She's for Christ. And for those of you who may not know, She's for Christ is a ministry that is geared towards raising funds for missionaries to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. So how does your money help missionaries? Well, missionaries need money to eat, lodge, and to travel. Your money will go towards those three things and many more. So let's do this. Let's have a virtual walk competition hosted by CCC Youth Department. If you cannot make the real-time race, no problem. We will allow you two days from September the 14th until September the 15th at 6 p.m. to do your virtual walk and still get a chance to beat out your competitor's score. So you know what that means. You better walk fast. Oh, I almost forgot. <laughs> the race is $5 per person, but definitely feel free to give a little more. So here's how you join. Step one, cash at $5 or more to CCC 2711. Step two, in the description, make sure you type out real or flex. That will indicate which virtual walk you are wanting to join. Again, in the description of the cash app, make sure you type out real time or flex time that is the only way we will be able to know which virtual race you are a part of. Step three, download the free Just Move app and create a profile. Please do not put Hot Mama 123. We need your first and last name so we can locate you in the app and add you to the community and you'll be able to see the other um, participants in the community. Step four, you will receive an invitation inside the Just Move app from the group. All we need you to do is to accept. Lastly, I know you're all probably wondering, well, how long is this race? No worries, we're only doing three miles. Again, please do what you must. Walk, run, do a cartwheel, right? However, if you wanna win some prizes, you wanna make sure that you complete the three miles as quick as you can to get a prize. So the first place prize is a $50 gift card. The second place prize is a $20 gift card. And the third place prize is an insulated water bottle. So let's go, let's get it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> they do a pretty good job at that, don't they? 
Amen. Thank God for the Haskers and our virtual walk. Amen. I just messed with Matthew and told him he couldn't run. He he, he got to walk. Because if he runs, he will win. <laughs> Brother Thompson Cartwheel. If Matthew runs, I think he'll destroy all of us. So you can do whatever you want, though, Matthew. Don't worry about it. If you want to destroy us, just destroy us. It's okay. <laughs> Amen. Virtual walk. I've never heard of that before in my life, but here we go. It's just the times we're living in. Amen. Thank God for that. Welcome, everyone, to Christ Center Church. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Love all of you and so glad we can be together one more time. Amen. We're going to get right into the word of the Lord. If you'll stand with me and turn to the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5. Um, I don't know if John and um, John Carlo and Andrew is going to um, have a problem, but um, I decided I'm going to teach a virtual home Bible study on um, Tuesdays from 8 o'clock p.m. to about 8.35, a virtual Bible study, only for new people, not for just everybody, just real new. If you're new at Christ Center Church and you want to be part of our personal Bible study. Um, we're going to do one virtually on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Um, so we're going to send out the link to you um, for the Zoom, the Zoom link. And um, if you can join us, that will be great. So Sister Patrice, if you want to contact Sister Samantha, I need to get on her case. I haven't seen her in a minute. But if you can reach out to Sister Samantha and let her know, or you can do it. I know you, you know, you got your leg going and everything going. Um, uh, we need to um, create a Zoom meeting for Tuesday evenings um, at 8 p.m. and that um, and send the link out just to um, new folks. Um, I know John, um, John Carlo, Andrew were interested, and uh, I don't know if I missed anyone else, but send it out to them specifically and anyone else that's fairly new, fairly new, and want to be a part on Tuesday nights. Um, at 8 p.m., we'll do a personal Bible study for you. This is not like, it's not like um, what I teach on Thursday. It's totally different. Um, this Bible study, you will go from Genesis to Revelation, and we'll teach you the simplest things about the Bible, um, so you just have a really good grasp on the Bible, what it says, and I believe it's going to help you. It's one of the tools that helped got me saved. So today, as I'm walking with the Lord, living for the Lord, um, it was a home Bible study that had the greatest impact on my life that got me interested in um, doing this. And usually how this Bible study work is I go into someone's home and teach them. But, of course, Corona and all, the Lord give us wisdom. And so uh, the reason why um, I, I decided to do it this way now is because I have the, um, the chart that I normally use, the Bible study chart. Um, I have it electronically. And so because it's electronic, I can share my screen with you on Zoom. So when we get on Zoom, I share my screen, and we can talk through it. You guys can ask questions. We can do whatever we need to do. And so we'll just go through the chart step by step. And, of course, the first lesson we'll talk about how we come to have the Bible in our hand. Is the Bible really true? How can we know the Bible is true? Things like that. And we'll go forward and go forward till the end where we talk about the rapture. So it, it's a cool Bible study. It's very interesting. You learn a lot. And um, I like to say that every time I teach that Bible study, um, 
when you're done teaching that Bible study, the, the, the students of that class will know more than your average preachers. The students of that class will know more than your average preacher. Isn't that something? Brother Henry was taught that Bible study. <laughs> Used to go to Brother Henry's house on Wednesday evening in New Brunswick. Amen. So Brother Henry has taught that um, uh, Bible study many other times since he's been taught it. So it's it's effective and it works. It's the Word of God. So um, we'll supply you with the link, the Zoom link, if you'd like to be a part, and we'll move forward with that. Thank you very much. Uh, Galatians, that's what I said, right? Chapter 5. Amen. Verse number 16. Uh, today, right after service, if you can, um, we have a one o'clock appointment. See, I shouldn't tell you the time, but we have a one o'clock appointment to do to look at a building um, that could possibly be a, a, a home for us. Uh, we're always doing our due diligence. We have our eye on the, the prize, the one point seven million dollar prize. That's what we all of our hearts and everything is set on the one point seven million prize. But we still keep looking because we don't want to be ignorant of what God is doing. And if the Lord wants to, you know, we can want something and the Lord can say no. It's just that simple, right? We can want something the Lord can say, no, that's not it. So we're going to look at something today, um, a building. I don't, you know, know if this is it. Uh, but we'll keep on looking so by the time our time comes, we're fully immersed in understanding of the entire situation of what the building is and what it will be all about and how we occupy and do what we do. So... Um, 1141 Route 130 North is where it is. It's about 10 minutes from here. Go up 33, left on Route 130, boom, you're right there. So if you'd like to join us, please do. If you can't, I'll tell you about it. We do have a virtual tour of it, so we can always send that out to you. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 16. Let's go into the word of the Lord. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusted against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. I'm going to read that same text in a different version, in the uh, New International Version. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse number 16 and 17. So I say, live by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. So I want to point out something to you in this text. At the end of the text, it says that because the spirit and the flesh is in a battle, and I'll clear that up a little bit because it, 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 it's, you don't do it just um, justice to say the spirit and the flesh is battling. It really, that's not really true, but just so we can understand, just hold on to that for a second. The, the spirit and the flesh is at war within your, within you. And because they're at war, the things that you know you're supposed to do, you end up not doing because of this war that's going on inside of you. And so if you want to know why it's so difficult sometimes to do the things of God, uh, why it's such a challenge, why you don't feel like doing it, it's because this war is going on inside of you. You know what you're supposed to do, but the war kind of 
almost take away your focus. The war kind of almost um, interrupt. The war within you, that battle, just kind of have you just disengage from what you're supposed to do because you're just focused on just all that's flowing in you and you can't get to do what you know you're supposed to do. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this opportunity to hear your word. Lord, we don't want your word to go out and return without doing something to us, Lord God. We know your word will accomplish that which you set it out to accomplish. And I know, Lord God, you have sent it out to do work within our lives and to transform us and to help us, almighty God, to become one with you to be, O oh God, holy and righteous and to be obedient in carrying out, Lord God, the directions that you have given us. I pray that today that, Lord, this word of God and the spirit of God will do work within us that will cause us to be transformed, that will help us to overcome, that will help us to be victorious, that, Lord God, we can be the men of God. We can be the woman of God. We can be that young person of God. We can be the children of God that you have called us to be. Will you help us today, Lord? For it is our desire, Lord God, that we become who you've designed us to be. Father, speak to us today. Will you anoint me and place me in the flow of your spirit and will you touch the heart of your people that it will be open and receptive to your word, to your instructions, to your spirit. Lord, have your way today for we give you the praise and the honor and we thank you for what you will accomplish in us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Someone say amen. 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 You may be seated. I've entitled uh, the subject of our lesson today, if you will, the battle within you. The battle within you. There's always a battle going on within us. I told a story this morning about a couple of weeks ago. I had a doctor's visit to do a regular checkup, and as their custom is, they bring you into the examination room once they call your name to come back. They weigh you, they take your temperature, and they take your blood pressure. The doctor told me that I gained three pounds, said everything else seems to be okay, but you gained three pounds. He then asked me, have I heard, Cheryl, about quarantine 15? I said, Doc, no, what is quarantine 15? He said, we have been, since we have been quarantined, the average weight gain for people that have gained weight is 15 pounds. Mm -hmm. He said, most people that's been quarantined with your snacking and all the different things you're doing and not exercising and all of that has caused most of the people who have gained weight to gain about 15 pounds. Obviously, we say average, so it means some came under, some went over, but the average is 15 pounds. So he said, you're not doing that bad. Three pounds is not that bad. I said, okay, I appreciate that, Doc, and um, I was on my merry way. But it made me start thinking there as I began to study for the lesson this morning. I started thinking about that, that, that the, 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 the pounds we gain and how uh, the pounds we gain begin to um, control our moods. The pounds we gain begin to uh, control the, the, our behavior because 
of, of just that, that, that additional pound and, and we get into a systematic habit of, of, of how we now eat and how we conduct our days and it, it kind of formulate how we conduct our life. And so it, it's, it's not just weight gain, but weight gain will kind of dictate the, the, the habits and the system of, of how you go about your business. And so it will have great impact on your life when you gain weight. My question this morning, to us, we understand the weight gain of the natural man, the the physical weight that we gain. My question is, have we gained some spiritual weight since we've been quarantined? Have have we uh, uh, allowed the Spirit of God to become strong in our life? Have we allowed the Spirit of God to, 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 help us and strengthen us or did we allow just what the flesh wanted to do we allow the flesh to do just what it wanted and so we're at the mercy of our flesh because when the flesh has gained weight we're at the mercy of the flesh the bible says the flesh lusted against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh But let me talk to you a little bit about what the Bible really means when it says the flesh, the flesh. You see, the flesh is what's considered to be your and my sinful nature. Mm -hmm. We have a nature that says, I just want to be ungodly. (laughs) We have a nature that says, I'm going to. Go against what God says. That's that's our nature. How do we inherit that nature from our forefather Adam? Adam and Eve. They 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 rebelled. They disobeyed God, and so that nature they passed on to us. Somebody say Amen. And so when the Bible says the flesh lusted against the spirit, the flesh is our sinful nature. It it presents the eyes. Uh, what will inflame ungodly passions? Uh, it is often ready to serve its own purpose. So your, your sinful nature serves its own purpose, meaning it wants to just do sinful things. All of us here, not me, not you, but all of us. All of us have this nature within us that's saying, I want to do the things that are contrary to godliness. Somebody say amen. And so we must understand that we have that. Sometimes we don't like to talk about these things because we we, we, it, we probably get discouraged hearing these kind of things. But in order for you to ever get the victory, in order for you to ever be victorious, in order for you to one day make heaven your home, you got to know who and what is your adversary. What will stop you what will prevent you from getting to heaven we cannot just leave this to happenstance and say one day i will make a change one day god will see mercy show me mercy and i'll be fine no we have to know what is our adversary who is our adversary because we must win this battle that's within us our flesh our flesh it it, it is entrenched within the soul and and will not be dislodged it uses the senses the eye the ears, the tongue, the hands and feet for the purposes of edification. It wants what it wants. It conveys thoughts, suggestions, impressions and impart motives which restrain, guide and influence the soul. This 
is how your sinful nature work within you. We can't escape it. It's part of who we are. Adam and Eve had it and, and, and we will always have it until that day come when we are transformed and become like Jesus Christ. But as long as that day is still at hand and not here yet, we still will have to deal with that nature, that sinful nature that's called our flesh. Since this battle is so severe, intense, and, and a battle for life and death, it is imperative that the Holy Spirit dwells within us as opposed to among us. It is God's desire and command that the Holy Ghost not just be present in our midst, but the Holy Spirit must dwell within us. Church, it's a reason why God always wanted us to have His Spirit dwelling in us. God is so good that he knows that we have a nature inside of us that's anti-God. We have a nature inside of us that's sinful, that's ungodly and the way we're going to combat it is to have the power of God in us, not among us. It's wonderful when we come together. It's great when we assemble and the presence of the Lord. Brother Scarlett prays the, the trumpet and it's just wonderful and the presence of the Lord move. The praise singers, by the way, has been awesome this morning and they sang and the presence of the Lord just comes right in. That's wonderful but that's not going to help you win the battle within you. It's what's in you that will win the battle inside of you. So in order to win the battle you need it to be in you the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost inside of us. Somebody say amen. That battle that we're up uh, that we're in is severe. We need the Holy Ghost. John chapter 14 verse 17 made it clear about God dwelling in us. In verse 17 the word of God says even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not neither knoweth him but you know him. And so he was talking to his disciples here for he dwelleth with you. So God is with us. This world, God is everywhere in this world. Wherever you go, there's not a place in this world you will go that you can't sense the presence of God, that you can't pray and seek after God. His presence is among us. His presence is in His church, the body. But guess what? He didn't want to just leave it right there. He is among us, but He shall be in you. So it's God's will to not just be among you. It is God's will to be in you, to dwell in you. I want God to dwell in me because that's what he wants for me. It's a reason why God wants to dwell within us. He knows that we need him to dwell within us. There should never be a day where we're not seeking for God to dwell in us, for God to rule in us, for God to have preeminence in us because in order to win this battle that we're in, We need the Holy Ghost to work hard in our lives. We need the Holy Ghost to move us because we are not capable all by ourselves. Your flesh and the Holy Spirit are not content to lie at peace, each in its own domain. No, sir. Let me point this out to you so you know and understand clearly. The power of God, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, all the same. There's nothing more powerful than God. But because God is love, and love don't force itself on anyone, He has to allow you to decide if you will allow Him to work in your life. 
So this is why it's a problem. This is why it's a battle. It's because until we give God permission to work in our life, until we allow God the opportunity to do what he wants in our life, he will not do it. Because why? The Bible says he's love. And so love don't say, get out of the way, man. You, I'm just going to do whatever I want. No, love say this is between you and me, and we have to be in agreement. How can two walk together except they agree? So if we are not in agreement, then it's not going to work. So we have to agree with God for him to work in our life. We must give him the permission to work in our life. He will not just work if we don't give him the opportunity to work in our life. Will he reveal himself to us so we can know him? Yes, but we still have to respond in obedience after he reveals himself. So if you followed the nature of God, if you followed how God does things, it's, it's killing us, it's hurting us in our relationship with Christ in knowing how to serve him because we are insistent on God just do whatever he knows to do and we do nothing. And because that's our outlook on things, we, we, we're not moving forward in Christ because we're still reserved saying, well, God, you know. Well, God, why don't you do this? Well, God, why don't you do that? And God is sitting back saying, I do what I do. You're supposed to do what you're supposed to do. When I decided that I needed to come to the earth, I came to the earth. I came to the Virgin Mary. I came to the earth and walked the earth. I gave my life. I, I surrendered my life. I submitted to the law. I did what I was supposed to do. But if you don't understand who I am and repent of your sins and be baptized in Jesus' name, be filled with my spirit, then all of what I've done will not help you. So God will always do what God does. But we have to do what we must do in order for all of this to come together and we do what needs to be done. And so we must realize That there's a battle going on within us because God is waiting for us to allow him to work. And we are restraining him by gaining all this spiritual, I'm sorry, physical weight. We're allowing this flesh to have its way. (laughs) You know, when you're working out, lifting weights, the more you... Lift your weights, dumbbell, do some curls. The more you curl, the more you start feeling it in your arms. Arms start swelling up. Mm-hmm. And so you keep doing that. You know, you have to realize that there's just a process for everything. Uh, there, there, there's the way things just work. And so don't get your, don't, don't, don't get your eyes off this. Mm, mm, mm. And we're going up and down and, and arms getting strong. That means you're a little stronger than normal now. Okay? But if I decide to do this with ungodliness, if I decide to do this with unrighteousness, if I decide to do this with the, with the things that's anti-God, guess what? Those things become strong. And so it don't mean God is not in me. It just means I've allowed the things of ungodliness to be stronger in my life. That's what I chose, not what God chose. 
Because God is there saying, can you let me loose and let me do what I need to do in your life? I want to transform you. I want to make you whole. I want to make you new. Will you let me loose in your life so I can do what I need to do? And it's up to us to let him loose. But if we just keep on curling ungodliness, curling unrighteousness, curling the things that's anti-God, those things become stronger. And that's what it means by the flesh and the spirit have a battle because you have strengthened the flesh and have ignored the spirit. Your flesh and the Holy Spirit are not content to lie at peace, each in its own domain. No, no, no. Both are ambitious to rule the whole man. While the flesh opposes any restraint, the spirit strives to bring the body into subjection to God. Therefore, life is a warfare and Christians are a soldier. <laughs> life is a warfare and a Christian person is a soldier. I know we want to feel like as a Christian, it's supposed to be the easiest time of my life. But church, we live in a world that's anti-God and we have a body that's anti-God. You have to be a soldier if you're going to make this race. If you're going to finish this thing, you're going to have to be a soldier. You can't be no wimp. I'm, I'm with you. When you think about the things of God before you come to really know God, I don't know about you. You may have thought about it, but this is I thought. Man, for all the stuff that I'm hearing about God, I'm sure once I start living for God, it's just got to be the greatest thing. It is the greatest thing. But where we went wrong is we thought that things will be so much easier. That's where we went wrong. Because we're not understanding that we're going to have to fight. Ah, I, uh, hear, hear me. I'm going to challenge you today. This is a challenge for you. God just helped me to understand something here. Here's a challenge for you. My goodness, Lord, help us. So, because all of us came into this thinking that... It's the greatest thing that can ever happen. I'm going to go to heaven. Life is going to be great and all that stuff. And then we miscalculate the challenges that we will face because the world that we live in is ungodly and the body that we live in is anti the spirit. And so because of those things, we are in a battle for our life. But what has happened to a lot of us, hear me now, and you're going to have to do some yeoman's work to correct this. What has happened to a lot of us is we started out feeling or thinking that once we are saved, born again, that all is well and we're good. And we never became soldiers. We just was going with the flow still, just doing our little church thing reading our Bibles here and there, praying whenever we could, and we never was, we never became strong. We never established ourselves as soldiers, and we never became strong. 
And so years come by and we were just doing our thing casually, never became soldiers. And years go by and now you got to listen to a preacher like me telling you this is a battle and you have to be a soldier. And in your mind, what in the world? But the problem was when you started out, you never looked at this as a battle. You looked at it as something else and you were casual with it. And now that you're sometime in it and now you you are so far in it, it's hard to now say, you telling me I need to become a soldier? And that's a challenge for a lot of people. And fortunately, when I started out, they did treat it like soldiers in the army back then. <laughs> back then, we did feel like we were soldiers. Back then, we did feel like we were battling and fighting to make sure we were going to win this race. But today, most people don't feel that way. Most people feel God is good, and once I give my life to Him, I'm going to be fine no matter what. And you're forgetting that you have an adversary that's called Satan. You're forgetting the world that you live in is anti-God. You're forgetting that this flesh that howls your soul and the spirit is contrary to the things of God. You're forgetting that because that is what is causing you to be in a battle. Not anything else, but those things are what's causing you to be in a battle. And that battle will never stop. And so your question is, how do I become a soldier now that I know I have to fight? Because God is not going to just make you just do nothing and get there. Romans 7 and 18, the word of God says, I know that I'm, I'm reading in the NIV version in Romans chapter 7 verse 18. I wanted you to get clear understanding of what Paul was writing and saying to us. I know that nothing good lives in me. I know that nothing good lives in me. As good as you may be here this morning, or you that are viewing virtually, as good as you may be, because you have this nature, this sinful nature, it means there are nothing good in you. That's what Paul said. For I have the desire to do what is good. But I cannot carry it out. It means I understand I'm supposed to do this. I understand I'm supposed to do that. I understand what God is saying. But for some reason, I find myself not being able to do it. For what I do is not the good I want to do. He's saying I'm doing stuff, but it's still not what I want to do. So church, I got to tell you, there's all of us here sitting here today, standing here today. We need to acknowledge that I'm doing things that I do not want to do. Oh, come on. The quicker you admit to it, the quicker you can get your transformation working. The, the better off you will be when you can admit that I am doing things that I don't want to do. And I wish I had more control over the things that I'm doing. But I acknowledge it. And I will cry out to God and do whatever I can to make sure I will do the things that I'm supposed to do. And not do the things that I don't want to do. Paul is saying, I'm doing things I don't want to do. I'm acknowledging that I'm doing things I don't want to do. What they say, you can't get help until you acknowledge you're wrong. Until you acknowledge that you're doing something wrong, it will never get corrected. 
And most of the people who life stays the same and they stay in the same position and they never grow and they never become what they really truly can be is because they will not acknowledge the areas of flaws and the areas of weaknesses and the areas that they're doing wrong. They won't acknowledge them. They will just ignore them and just pay attention to the things that they want to do and they never grow or mature. Never. In God, he doesn't do that. God is a great, great father. He's raising up children, us, that, 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 that will be soldiers, not spoiled brats. God is not trying to raise spoiled brats because you won't make it to heaven as a spoiled brat. Mm-mm. We're only going to make it to heaven if we become soldiers. Somebody say amen. Listen to me. This I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does. So Paul, and I will acknowledge with Paul, Paul is acknowledging that I know the right thing. And I know what I'm supposed to do. But ever so often I find myself doing things I'm not supposed to do and I wish I had control over it. But it's this sin thing in me, that nature in me, that lower nature in me that's doing it. And I need to get control of this. I need to get control of this. That's what he's saying. Oh my God. I, I, Paul and David, those are two godly men that I can look to to say they admit of the wrong and what's wrong in their life and what they're struggling with. And guess what? They made it. They made it. And so that's a pattern. I know the ultimate pattern is Jesus, but, but, but you know, we like to pass it on. Well, Jesus was almighty God and that shouldn't be, but, but, but we still have the Lord will be at a point and say, what about my servant David? You see how badly he messed up? But what saved his butt was that he acknowledged. He acknowledged it. Look at my, look at my servant Paul that, that, that wrote almost two thirds of the New Testament. He said that he's trying to do right and he found himself doing wrong. He acknowledged it. Man, when are we going to acknowledge our wrong? When are we going to just say, this I know is wrong? And I'm not saying it and and trying to keep doing it. I'm saying it because I'm miserable and I'm mad that I have to keep being this way. I want to change my life. we got to get mad at the wrongs that we do and understand it's really, can I help you out? It's really not you. It's your sinful nature. Wouldn't that make you feel better? It's your sinful nature that keeps doing what it wants. And you in your mind is saying, I know that's wrong. I should not be doing that. And I don't want to do that. And you're right. But the best way to deal with it is to admit to it. And say, God, I know I have this lower nature, this sinful nature. And it's trying to destroy me. But I trust you. And I'm admitting to you, and I will not use this as an excuse or a crutch. I will continue to admit to it and call out to you until I get help. 
Don't stop calling out on God. Don't give up on it. Don't you give up on your wrong, your sinful way and think that because it won't stop coming forward that it's no way, it's, it's, no, it's no use because it will never change. I'm here to tell somebody this morning, it doesn't matter what it is that you're struggling with. It doesn't matter what part of you that just continue to just be wrong and you can't fix. Don't you give up. It is written that we sometimes are doing things that we don't want to do that we're doing and we say no I don't want to do it but if God put this in his word it means we can overcome it it means we can be victorious in it don't give up don't give up don't give up you hear me? Don't give up I don't care how badly you messed up I don't care how wrong you've done I don't care what happens Remember I told the story when I first started coming to church, Stacy. I used to be out all night long partying and drinking and sometimes even smoking. And I would be out all night long and I would come in 6 in the morning and church started at 10 a.m. And somehow I would pull myself out of the bed and I would go to church and the alcohol was still coming out of my pores. I'm sweating. But I was there. I was there. And someone might have said, why are you going through all that? Look at you. You're a mess. But I was there. I was fighting. I was battling. And I was giving God access to my life. The one who can deliver me. The one who can make me right. The one that can make me whole. I was giving him access. So I kept coming. And even when I got saved and I was messing up, I kept coming. It ain't just for someone that's trying to get saved. It's for those of us that are already saved. That's messing up. Keep coming. Keep surrendering your life. Keep calling on the name of the Lord. There's a battle within you and you can win that battle. Don't you submit to that battle. Don't you succumb to that battle. You're going to win. You're going to win. Don't let that, that lower nature, don't let your lower nature, your sinful nature tell you, oh, what's the, what's the sense? What's the use? That's the last thing you want to do. Remember what I told you, that Satan is what we call one that brings condemnation. Condemnation means that you feel like you have no hope. And the situation that you're involved with, involved in will never cease and you can never make it. So when you start to feel any kind of feelings that tell you it's hopeless, that's the devil. Any, anything you're dealing with and you start getting thoughts that says, what's the use? What's the sense? I am telling you, it's not a voice of God. Oh, God, I'm hearing something. Because the voice of God tell dry bones to live, Cheryl. The voice of God said dry bones will live and come become an army again. That's the voice of God. The voice of God says uh, you can be blind, but I will make you see. The voice of God say Lazarus, come forth. So the voice of God will never not give you hope. Are you kidding me? The voice of God will never not give you hope, Brother Scarlet. So anytime you're in a situation where you feel like it's hopeless and you might as well give up, you are hearing from the devil. Devil. Call him out. Say, devil, I know I'm messing up. I know I'm not doing what God wants. But the bottom line is, God has not given up on me. 
God has not given up on me, devil. So you can do whatever you want to do. You can say whatever you want to say. God has not given up on me. If God is causing dry bones to live again, I ain't dry. So why wouldn't he get me to start living right? Why wouldn't he get me to start talking right? Why wouldn't he get me to just be godly and righteous? God has not given up on you. And any voice you hear, any feelings you get, any emotion that comes upon you that says you might as well quit, you might as well forget it, you might as well give up, understand that's not the voice of God. Not the voice of God. No, sorry, buddy. The conflict can provide spiritual understanding. I talked about that a little this morning, that this conflict that we're in. I know sometimes we mess up so bad that we just, just want to just scream like, when God? But thank God for it. It's crazy, Cheryl, how the Bible says, give God thanks in all things. And you're like, Lord, stop it, man. Come on, Lord. You're going a little bit overboard right now. Why am I supposed to give you thanks when I just did some crazy wrong stuff? I'm supposed to give you thanks for that. But what he's trying to get us to understand is that conflict within us, that conflict allow us to understand some things. It, it, it gets us to understand that we need Jesus. Because because we realize that <laughs> we realize that we can't get over this on our own. Because how long have we been trying? <laughs> the devil think he got us sometime, but if we will just listen to the voice of God, we will show that devil. But the bottom line is, for so long I've been just I can't get it right. If I somehow could get it right, maybe I wouldn't think about God so much. But when I realized I can't get it right, it made me realize I need Him. So that battle and that trouble that, that we're dealing with, those mistakes and those sinful things that we do, they bring awareness. Because if it wasn't for righteousness, we wouldn't know unrighteousness. And if it wasn't for unrighteousness, we wouldn't know righteousness. And so when unrighteousness come upon us, uh, it makes us become aware that there is righteousness. Uh, there is a God uh, that wants to help us. Uh, there is a God that's calling out to us. <laughs> yes, it does. And so while all of that is going on and we're in this battle, guess what? We realize, here. here's what we realize. Grace is real. Grace is real. Let me tell you something. You ever messed up real bad as a Christian? And in your mind, I'm just, God just hates me. He just don't want to deal with me right now. And then within that moment, or within that 24-hour cycle, or within a small amount of time, you have an encounter with God. And you're like, I thought you just hated me. I thought you were just so mad at me because I messed up so badly. I thought you just, just, just didn't want to have nothing to do with me anymore. And all he's saying is, that's my grace. You would never get to experience the grace of God if you didn't do wrong. Oh, somebody help me today. The devil has no trick that he can use to keep us away from the love of God. Because if it wasn't for our mess up, we wouldn't know the grace of God. 
because we messed up so badly that we would think the best we should get is go sit down to the side till I'm ready for you. And that's not what the Lord does. Uh, we mess up and he's still saying, come unto me, come unto me. No matter what kind of mess we made and if we will go to him, uh, we will experience his love, his touch, and more than anything else, his grace. We wouldn't know his grace if we didn't go through some of the things we went through doing wrong and messing up. We wouldn't know his grace. And then we wouldn't get to appreciate heaven. We wouldn't get to appreciate heaven. You know, we're down here and we talk about one day we're going to heaven. Heaven shall be our home. And, and that's right. But the bottom line is, I'm telling you, I'm not going to lie. I don't know how at this young age I feel that, that way sometimes. I don't think I should, but sometimes I feel like I'm just ready to get out of here. You too, Gabby, at your age? <laughs> No, but I get to the place where I'm just, I'm just ready to get out of here because it's just a mess. But why are we feeling like that? Because we're experiencing all this stuff that's wrong. We're experiencing all this stuff that's ungodly. And what we're saying essentially is get me to a place where I can just feel God, where I can just see God, where the wrong will no longer be. Get me to that place. And that place is called heaven. Heaven, heaven. So we appreciate heaven. We need to laugh at the devil today. For all the tricks and all, all the stuff that he tried to use on us, we need to just laugh at him and say, devil, you are a dunster. Get out of here. You trying all this stuff, and my God loved me so much. My God is always making a way. And in the worst of times, my God will show me that there is the best of times still awaiting you. Oh, my God. Listen, that flesh is a mess, I know. And so what we have to be careful of is how that flesh works in our life. That flesh will always try to resist the things of God. That's what it tries to do. And so we shouldn't be surprised that the sinful nature, that flesh, desire what is contrary to the Spirit. We often experience resistance when we follow the Spirit's leading. Hear me now. Satan serves as a persistent teacher of rebellion and humanity has had centuries of practice. Whatever path we choose, we will hear the whispers of opposition. Why go to church today? Ain't no need to go in that place. You can sit right in your living room. You can sit on the side of your bed and you can just hear the service. You can hear that little whisper. Hey, we're in the corona season. Nothing counts this year. We can just do whatever we want and God understands. You hear that little whisper. Be careful. You don't want to contract the virus. Because you know if you go here and you go there, you get the virus. This is not a time to go witnessing and door knocking. You will contract the virus. We just need to stay home and pray, and we'll be fine. That's the whisper we're getting from the flesh in this time. I'm just telling you. And everything the flesh is whispering to you is so you don't do the things of God. 
But listen, you're, you're, you're not by yourself. It, it's Again, we walk in this sinful nature. I'm just trying to get you to understand. Don't make it get you down so much. Don't make it try to destroy you. Understand there's a battle going on within you, and you can win that battle. And all the voice of whispering of negativity and ungodliness, you can be victorious. You just have to trust God in all of this and still obey God. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that whispering of opposition always coming to try to get you to do something different. Can you imagine when we decide that we want to share the gospel in this hour, our sinful nature, just say, don't go up to them. Don't talk to them. They don't want to hear what you have to say. That's the kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff our sinful nature say. They don't want to. Ha- they, they don't want to hear what you have to say. But but check this out. But brother D, but check this out. But if we see a dude across the way and he watching TV. It's easy to walk up to him. Hey, yo, bro, who winning the game? Oh, man. Easy. Easy to walk up to the dude when he's watching the TV. Who winning the What's the score? Or our traditional, like we like to mess around. You know, one of, one of, one of the sports lingo talk that men always say is, how about them Mets? We just have our word to get in when it comes down to sports. And we don't ever feel like, don't say that to him. But when it's time to share the gospel. Yeah, he might not want to hear that. Your flesh telling you that. <laughs> My wife said, tell the truth. Your flesh telling you that. It's the truth. <laughs> Try to share the gospel. No, don't do that. Don't disturb him. But it's okay to disturb him with sports. Mm-hmm. That's our flesh. Yeah. When it's time to come to church, when it's time to 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 worship, when it's time to pray. The, 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 the biggest two is prayer and reading your Bible. Time to read your Bible, you fall asleep. Time to pray, uh, uh, you don't even know what to say. What is that all about? Your sinful nature. Uh-huh. That's how I go. But you got to understand that this is how we make progress is knowing what we're up against. This is how we make progress, knowing what we're dealing with so we can know how to move forward and what to pray and what to seek God for. But if we just sit back and just think, well, God will take care of it. It doesn't work that way. Uh huh. And that's what most of us do. God will take care of it. And when God don't take care of it, you get mad at him and blame him. There's a lot of people that's not going to make it because they're saying God will take care of it. There's a lot of people that won't get to heaven because they're expecting for God to take care of it. And God is saying, I take care of what I'm supposed to take care of because I'm a good father. You need to take care of what you need to take care of and be a good child. Woo! Uh Uh-huh. We say that to our children, don't we? As parent, I'm going to make sure you have a roof over your head. I'm going to make sure you have food to eat. I'm going to make sure you have clothes to wear. I'm going to make sure I, 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 I teach you respect and manners, and I'm going to make sure you grow up in a good home. That's my responsibility as a parent. Your responsibility as a, as a child is to learn, is to be respectful, is to be obedient, is to do what I tell you to do. That's your responsibility. Well, think about that with our God. So stop thinking that God is going to take over your responsibilities. Mm -hmm. God is not taking over your responsibilities. You have your responsibilities and they will be yours. And if you don't do them, when the day come and the trumpet sounds, you're not going. 
You're not going. And it won't be, oh God, I thought you was gracious. Oh God, it won't be that. It will be because you decided that you want God to do what you're supposed to do. You decided that. God not coming out of heaven to baptize you. You need to decide, I need to get baptized and go to the person who can baptize. You need to decide that. God not deciding that for you. God said, I gave my life for you. I shed my blood for you. They spared me in the side for you. Crown a thorn in my head for you. He, they, I did all that for you. Now you have to decide that you're going to be baptized. You have to decide you're going to live righteous and whole. You have to decide. Not me. I can't do that anymore. I can't do none of that. That's your responsibility. And that's how God is trying to get us to understand. When we decide to share the gospel and all this stuff, the flesh always flare up. Look at Romans chapter 8 verse 5. I'm coming to a close here uh, real sharply. Romans 8 and 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Romans 8 and 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. If we allow the sinful nature to rule and to win the battle, we're not going to please God. And you know how we are, and we're going to be blaming him. He's not doing something. That's why my life is like this. I'm, I've been going to church. I've been serving God, and it's just nothing changes. changing. I thought, you know, preaching you up there every Sunday telling people about God, and he's not doing this. And it's not, trust me somebody, it's not what God is not doing, it's what you're not doing. God cannot lie. He keep his word. Whatever he says he will do. So if something is wrong, it's not what God is not doing, it's what you're not doing. You've got to accept that if you want change to come to your life. It's not what, it's not what God is not doing. Why won't God do this? Why won't God do that? No, because He's waiting for you to do this, 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 and this. All these things that He's pointed out to you that you have not done yet. Romans 8 and 9 says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit, he is none of his. Galatians 5, 16 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit. And ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So that's, this is where it comes down to. That we need to walk in the spirit. That we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so here we go. When you're walking in the spirit, the Holy Ghost will govern and direct and motivate your spirit. And so how do we walk in the spirit? We wake up every day and say, God, I need your spirit to guide me. God, I need your spirit to influence my thoughts, to influence my actions. God, I need your spirit to rule in my life and not me. The Holy Ghost helps your spirit to govern and control Worldly influences. I was telling them this this morning that, you know, uh, we know the things that, that, that pulls us in, the, the sinful things that pull us in, and we still get close to it. Why do we do that? Why do we still get close to the things that pull us in to do wrong? Why do we do that? That sinful nature. But I'm here to tell you this morning, you need to stay far from the things. You know, it's amazing. You go to Alcohol Anonymous and they will tell you, stay far from alcohol. Make sure there's no alcohol in your house. Don't go into the liquor store. Don't go into the bars. Stay far away from places like this. If people are drinking, get away from it. They tell you all of these things when you are battling, struggling with alcohol. That's just one thing. 
Well, if you know what you're struggling with outside of that, that's ungodly. Shouldn't you do the same kind of thing? Stay far away from it. Don't go close to it. Don't think you can handle it. Just stay away from it. That's what happened when you pray and you ask the Holy Spirit to help you that day. He's going to keep you away from stuff that's no good. And so we have to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us and to guide us and to govern us. Your will governs, direct your emotions to love God and his people. So when you allow the Holy Spirit to work in you, in case you don't know, I've said this to you before, I've taught this this way, but understand this. In your heart is your spirit and your soul and your flesh come on the outside. And how you communicate most of the times is your spirit tells your body what to do when your body does it. That's how we communicate. It was not supposed to be so from the beginning, but when Adam sinned, he died spiritually. So now your spirit is dead. And when we say dead, I mean that it's not godly anymore. So whatever your spirit is telling your body to do, it's not godly. And so the only way we're going to be able to win this battle is by the Holy Spirit communicating to your spirit. So within your heart now, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your heart, if you subject yourself to teaching and preaching and worshiping and reading and praying and all of those things that will cultivate the Spirit of God in your life, to be strong in your life, it communicates to your spirit and your spirit then communicate to your body. It's the way it works. So if we want to win this battle, we need the Holy Spirit to communicate to us, to work in us, to have preeminence in us. Listen to me. Whatsoever you focus on expands, and whatever you ignore or disregard diminishes. I'm going to say it again because it's too important to not say it again. Whatever you focus on expands, and whatever you ignore or disregard diminishes. That work in every way of the matter. So the bottom line is, if I focus on ungodliness, it's going to expand. I'm going to be caught up and consumed by it. But if I focus on godly things, I'll be caught up in that. And I'll be consumed by that. And that's how I will win the battle. So it depends on what we are focusing on, church. What are you focusing on? Because whatever you focus on will expand. Every person that I know that got divorced, they got divorced because they focused on the problems they were experiencing in their marriage. I just gave you a great big secret, like a big secret that is amazing. You will get divorced because you focused on the problems and you never focused on the God of the problems. Every one of them. I can't do it no more. They this, they that. I can't do it no more. I can't do it. This is what they say. I can't do it no more. And they talk about the problem, talk about the problem. And every person that they can, they come in contact with, they think that they can talk to, they talk to them about it. Talk to, and every time you're talking about it, it's just expanding. 
And before you know it, it consumes you because it expands so much. And when it gets that big, the only thing that you can do is be consumed by it. And that's how you made the decision to walk away from your uh, marriage. Every one of them that I know, that's how it worked. But if we would just not focus on the problems and focus on Jesus, if we would just focus on his love, if we would just focus on his grace, if we would just focus on his goodness, if we would just focus on hope that he gives us, if we would just focus on how powerful he is and that he could do exceeding and abundant above whatever we can ask or think, if we can just focus on what he can do and not worry about the things that I'm going through, I believe that we will make it. I believe that we will overcome if we would just focus on Jesus and not on the situations. That's it right there. If you want to know what takes you in the wrong direction. You focused on the wrong thing. And it expanded in your life. And got bigger and bigger and bigger. Our dependence must be on the Holy Ghost. Our focus must be on the Holy Ghost. Our life must be in harmony. With the mind of the spirit. He will or he must be our guide. When we walk in the Spirit, we walk with God. Huh. The Bible says in Genesis 5.22, it says here, And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and 5 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not for God took him. When you walk in the Spirit, you will spend eternity with him. When you walk in the Spirit, you will spend eternity with Almighty God. Walking in the Spirit is walking with God. So when you walk with him down here, you will walk with him up there. It's just, just common sense. I walk with him down here, I'm going to walk with him up there. So let me just start walking with him down here so I can walk with him up there. Walking in the spirit implies entire surrendering, surrendering of ourselves to the authority and guidance of the Holy Spirit. The traveler on a strange journey must follow his guide. So the believer is led by the spirit and by the word of God, which is the chart of his journey through life. Can you imagine going to a place where you don't know where you're going or how anything works? You don't have anything but a travel guide. You try to leave that travel guide and see what happens. You panic. You panic. If you were the travel guide trying to take you where you got to go to and you lose that travel guide, you will lose your mind. So why are we not losing our mind, losing the travel guide that we're supposed to be following down here? Why are we not losing our, why are we not panicking saying, oh my goodness, I, I, I can't lose my travel guide, the spirit and the word. I can't lose my travel guide because if I do, I will be lost for all eternity. Stand with me. The stress and strain of this war, the battle within you is only for a time. It will not be forever. No, no. In the end, all enemies shall be subdued. But the secret of success is with those who walk by the Spirit, or should I say, those who walk with God. So if we walk by the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. 
those, those trip-ups will be far and few in between. God is calling us today to win this battle within us. You can win the battle. You don't have to worry. You don't have to think about losing it. You will win this battle if you will walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh. If you will walk according to the ways of God, you will win this battle. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's go before him for just a couple of moments before we get out of here and ask him to help us, to guide us in our direction, in our walk. Just take a couple of minutes and talk to God, because the biggest thing is to respond to his word. You've heard me speak for the past 40 minutes or whatever time that was. Now you take this opportunity to reinforce what you have heard in your heart and let God do what he's going to do in your heart. Let's just take a couple of moments before we go to respond to God and his word today that we can leave here victorious and ready to take on the battle because we are soldiers in the army of the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we're grateful for your word. We're thankful for your word. You have spoken to us today, Lord God. You have given us understanding today, Almighty God. And Lord, we are grateful. We're thankful. We want to truly be transformed, to be changed, and not be succumbed or, oh God, subdued by the works of the flesh. But we want to truly, almighty God, be led of the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, be victorious because the Spirit has the preeminence in our life. I pray this afternoon, Lord God, that you will hear our cry, our desperate cry, our desperate plea, Lord God, that you will work in us, that you will work through us, that we may have the victory, that we, oh God, may overcome. Lord Jesus, we want to walk with you. We want to be victorious in you. And Lord, we want to truly be the vessels and instruments that you may work through. We want to bring honor to your name. We want to bring, oh God, glory to your name. We ask this morning, this afternoon, for your, oh God, strength, Lord God, for your peace, oh God, that passes all understanding uh, to rest upon us, for your joy to flood our soul. Uh, somebody hear me today. Uh, you are victorious. God will bring you through. He just wants you to obey Him. He just wants you uh, to give Him access to work in your life, to give Him the access to, to work and make you who you're supposed to be. Uh, if you will trust Him, if you will obey Him, if you will walk with Him, God will make you victorious. God will bring you through. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lead not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him. He will direct your path. The presence of the Lord is in this place. Let the power from on high dwell in you and constrain you in righteousness, in holiness, in faith. Have your way, Jesus. Oh, God, speak to us. Oh God, strengthen us. Oh God, have your way in us that we will not be the same again. We want to win this battle. We will 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 be victorious. We will, Almighty God, overcome. We thank you for healing. We thank you for deliverance. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we give you the praise and the honor today. 
today. For there is none like you. There is none like you. There is none like you. And we praise and thank you today. In the wonderful and the mighty name and the precious name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say, oh God, thank you Jesus. 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 Come on somebody, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord, you are great and greatly to be praised. I pray from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet that the power from on high will strengthen her, will overshadow her, and that she will be victorious in the battle from within, in the battle within, Lord. I pray the Holy Ghost will empower her. I pray the Word of God will constrain her. I pray her faith will fail her not, but the faith of God will increase and the will of God may be done. I pray today that God have His way in your life and that you walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, bless her goings and her comings. In the name of Jesus Christ, let your will be done, Lord. I pray for your favor and provision today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for wholeness. I pray for strength. I pray your peace. I pray your joy. In the name of Jesus. Let your love, O oh God, be shed abroad in her heart by the Holy Ghost. And let the power from on high overshadow her, Lord. Have your way today. Let your joy flood her soul. Let the power from on high overshadow her and give her strength, Lord. Give her strength, Lord. Give her peace, Lord. Give her joy, Lord. Let the salvation of the Lord reign supreme. And let the will of God be done. In the name of Jesus Christ, not by might, nor by power, but by His Spirit, saith the Lord. Have your way today, Lord Jesus. Have your way today, Lord Jesus. Have your way today, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's give Him the praise, church. Let's praise Him today. God is great and greatly to be praised. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We honor you, oh great God. For there is none like you. There is none like you. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Bless the this church, Lord. Bless the family of this church, Lord. Bless our families, oh God. Give them the victory, Lord God. Let them receive provision from you, Lord God, for your will to be done in their life. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Church, let God have his way in you. Let the Lord reign supremely in you. You've heard a word from the Lord today. Let Him direct you. Let Him lead you today. Let the Spirit of God work in your life. Understand you have a responsibility to give Him the access and let Him do whatever He wants to do in your life. I love you, church. I thank you for being here. Those of you that have tuned in virtually, I love you. All of our family across the nation and around the world, in Jamaica, in Florida, in New York, in Montego Bay, in Jamaica, uh, we just love you so dearly. We appreciate you. All of you just know we love you. Keep tuning in. Whatever we can do for you, please let us know, for we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful, have an outstanding day today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
This is how I fight my battles. It's when you think you're lost. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Hey. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded. 